We're going for another listener nomination this week, chaps. And this one was nominated by friend of the show, Andy Jameson. Good, Jamo. Yeah. In spite of being an Arsenal fan, still a friend of the show. So, Green Mile. Everyone yeah. seen this? Yeah. 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 Pete, um, Pete's going to take the lead because he re-watched it. Especially. Recently. Yeah. I didn't have time to digest it again. I watched this probably around four months ago, five months ago with my boy and the wharf yeah. and it was a jerker it was an absolute tear jerker yeah. Yeah. standard let's get into it then yeah so i watched it today Blimey. which to refresh my memory because i had seen this at least a couple of times the first time i saw it was a while ago now and yeah it it, it hit me it was a uh, i wasn't i don't know i thought tom hanks he thanks yeah he'd been in some films that i'd seen before it was like this was quite a way removed from things like Big and stuff like that. Yeah, so this so, is it's Stephen King. It's Frank Darabont directed the same people as did Shawshank. So it's I Shawshank. know who Stephen King is. It's, yeah. it's, it's a good point, though, because it is far different move from Big because they play completely different characters. In this one, he's he's like a warden, isn't he? A prison warden. Yeah. 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 And he wasn't right. in Big. No, he wasn't. Why no. are we talking about Big, though? <laughs> I don't know, because Pete brought it up. Well, it just, I think, you know, before that I'd seen him, there'd probably been some things that weren't exactly, I'd not seen things like Philadelphia and stuff, but so, we, uh, not the cream cheese, I mean, the, the film. <laughs> but I'd t- only seen him in like whimsical, lighthearted yeah. things Forrest pretty Gump. much. Because this was before Castaway and Forrest Gump, wasn't it? No. No. No, it You're wasn't. out of your mind. 99? Forrest Gump was, four, it was 94, this is 99. Okay, but it was, yeah, whatever. So it was definitely like a, so there was a gap in your Tom Hanks yeah. knowledge, but this is solid. Yeah. So it, it starts off, I think if I remember rightly, it starts off with Tom Hanks in the like old person. Well, it actually starts so it actually starts off with the what you later find out is the kind of dramatization of the crime. So the the build up to it. Right. So whilst the opening credits I are rolling, yeah, yeah. there's some police and some dogs and, and a very kind of upset gentleman who's shouting out little girls' names. Yeah. And so that's kind of just all you get of that, a little kind of snippet as to mm. what's 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 to then come. Then, yeah, like as you say, it's it's uh, Tom Hanks's character, Paul. Yeah. Who, what's his surname? Edgecombe. Edgelord. Edgecombe. Edgecombe. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Edgelord. <laughs> And he's in an old folks' home. Yeah, he's crying watching a, f- a movie. Isn't yeah, he? so yeah. there's, so there's, yeah, there's a little build up to it, and you just see he's just a, a guy. Before that, even you see him going to the canteen, and the guy in the canteen is saying, "Oh, I heard you went on one of your walks again yesterday. Look, we don't want to. I don't want to come on like a, a manhunt. You don't want to fall over. You're an old boy now. You don't want to fall over and break a hip whilst you're on there because they're not allowed to go for walks by themselves. They turn a blind eye where he's concerned, but it, it just kind of like nods towards him as he's a bit mm. of a philosophical guy with pro- possibly a reason for that. Yeah. So yeah, they're all in the, they're actually all in the, like the, the main kind of like TV room or whatever, watching mm. Jerry Springer, which is quite funny. The and, rec room. Yeah. Mm. The rec room watching Jerry Springer. And some guy just stands up and goes, this is all bollocks. Why don't we find something different? And there's, I don't know what film it is, but it's the, there's a song that's being played in the film. I don't know the name of the song even, but it's like, that sparks. I'm in heaven, that no, one. No, no. And that sparks the memory. That sparks me. the memory. The, film, the friend, film is Top Hat. Top Hat, right. Mm-hmm. And his friend. Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think her name's Elaine. She sort of looks over and he's welling up. Yeah. And then he has to get out of there. And then she follows him off to, you know, a part of the old folks' home. And... Yeah, maybe so. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe that was to follow, but she she just asks him what's wrong and he just he just opens up and it goes back to 1935. Yes. Good year Gone. knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. It does go to height of the depression. Yes. But just a bit of a Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit of info there. Yeah. Well, not the height set- of his depression because he's still pretty <laughs> well, depressed. <laughs> set in the um, scene and years and later. These but. are the guy on death row, but they don't call it death row. There they call it the green mile because of the light coloured kind of green tiles yeah. that lead the well, way I, in I their think, area. I think a common name for death row is the long mile or whatever because it's, okay. the, it's the longest walk, yeah. obviously, to the chair, but yeah. they call it the green mile to make it seem a little bit nicer. I mean, they're still going to execute these cunts. But it it's... sounds very eco, doesn't yeah. it? But I guess yeah. in this scenario, you've got all the wrong ends behind Gates and Tom Hanks is leading the... The warden crew, isn't he? He's, yeah, he's, they've got their gang, and then you've got the oh, lovable mur- serial murderers who are we're supposed to like them, you know, and they're fun, even though they fucking like murdered well, there is, people. Th- this is probably something worth maybe picking up on either now or after, whenever yeah. you, whenever. The, but apart from one sort of like you know fairly notorious criminal, the other guys that are you know the inmates of, yeah. of death row, you end up, I guess, kind of warming to them. They're especially Dell. There's Dell. Yeah. There's the the main inmate John Coffey who we'll come on to. Yeah. And there's uh, like a Native American guy who's the first guy that gets executed, and he's just very sort of like quiet, keeps himself to himself, mm. very unassuming, and there seems to be a fair amount of harmony on on the on the mile. Yeah, everything's going like as smoothly as death row can, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're, 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 there's the the inmates as they are there are not causing like a huge problem. Mm. You know, they know what's coming, and they yeah, just I deal imagine with it. Yeah, they they all seem to have accepted their yeah. fate, and it's. I think they they admit their guilt as well. They know what they've done is wrong, etc., etc., etc. And then, but then things are gonna you know get turned on its head with a yeah. couple of new additions to the. So, so the the crew are made up of of Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. then, he's, he's Paul Edgelord, yeah, and then there's David Morse, yeah, Inspector's brother. It's who I last remember from The Rock. Okay, He's yeah. one of the guys in The yeah. Rock. And then people that I guess are, are sort of, you've got, they're, they're recognisable without being like main characters or, or actors in, in other films, but you, you, re- you recognise a lot of the people in there, both the inmates and the guards and so on. Yeah, well, you've got James Cromwell as the, what is he? He's the, the prison warden. Oliver's yeah, son. that's cousin, distant, <laughs> yeah. distant cousin, yeah. Right. And a few other people that we recognise who come in later on, but you've also got Percy, Percy Wetmore. Yeah. He's a real piece of shit. Now, he's a guy, uh, sorry, is it Doug Hutchinson is, is the actor's name? Yeah. And I don't think I've ever seen him in anything else. He is, like, for me, totally synonymous with the, with the character Percy because on the first watch of this many, many years ago, Oh, the hatred. You fucking hate this yeah. guy. Oh, he was so, the guy so you wanted hard. behind bars, wasn't yeah. he? He's... Isn't he a complete weirdo in real life? Yes. Yeah, 100% yes. Yeah, he's got... I don't know if that's true, but it is. He was seeing some girl who was much younger than him. You know, I don't want to judge, but she was about 19. You see all this? Right. And he was no. basically accused of abusing her and stuff. So this... So therefore, look, he was a good character, a good person to play Percy because yeah, yeah. he's a bit of a psycho. Yeah. yeah. So... Slip Works right out in. Well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he's just playing himself in this <laughs> yeah, film, essentially. Yeah, he's he's massively hateable, and obviously, you you hope that there's going to be some kind of payoff. He's later on. he's a bully. He's got the job through a family connection, isn't it? He's yeah. his... so he is the he the governor's wife is his auntie, right? So yeah, he's obviously pulled some strings to get this job, and it becomes apparent that 
he's got it for fairly kind of macabre reasons. He yeah, has, he wants to see people he die. Basically, gets off on bullying yeah. and intimidating the yeah. inmates, but also he wants to be there at the executions. Yeah, he's uh, horribly sadistic and yeah. just a real. But he's also a massive coward. Yeah. I mean, He's, yeah. he's not a big brave man. He's he's oh he's all he's a, mouth. He's a he's a little boy yeah. essentially yeah. who is a bit of a psycho. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a total piece of shit. But anyway, not long into the film, you get the introduction of the the main inmate, which is and what what they do here is they they on the, on the like the third watch or whatever they sort of really do kind of like it's not that fucking it's pretty blunt how massive this guy is yeah they sort of like show oh, each part of the film they get to show how big he is by yeah. putting him up against smaller but, people but even or... before you you see him you see the carriage kind of rocking and then some like feet come down on yeah. the yeah. step and the whole carriage drops and and david morse's character yeah and david he's a big guy anyway and because hanks even says like like you know david morse has seen him and goes don't think you want to get in a cell with this fella and and straight away and, and and Tom Hanks goes well he can't be bigger than you and this guy comes out and he's towering you don't see his head for yeah. a good couple of minutes because every shot is just showing everybody kind of like craning to look up and mm. but he is a enormous bloke called John Coffee yeah who looks just bewildered like and the drink kind of- but mm. spelt different yeah. yeah, is how and he, he always describes how he uh, is in there for the crime that we saw at the very start, where there was the big manhunt across the fields. He has been found guilty of the rape and murder of these two young girls. Yeah, yeah. And so he is public enemy number one. Yeah, as it were. Oh so- yeah, I mean they they've been calling for for him, and he's now in jail. And obviously the the wardens. There's, they're scared, you know, a little bit just because he's intimidating. He's intimidating presence. But you look at him and he he's looks like a little kid. He's he's scared in his face, kind of the eyes are looking everywhere and you can see the worry on his face and they they lead him in and he causes no trouble other than just with his size trying to get in, in and out places. Yeah. But then they they get him into the cell, don't they? And it's like, right, job's done, lights out. Yeah. And he and, and the, one of the first things that like you say, uh, he, he kind of walks in. You think brutal crime, enormous guy. Th- this is like got a big potential for for disaster. But when they leave him in his cell for the first time, he just quietly asks if the lights can be left on because he's frightened of the he's dark. He's afraid mm. of the dark, and and that kind of gives you all you need to know about. You know, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Somebody so big who's been a- accused and, and sentenced to a crime so horrible would be afraid of the dark. So. Straight away, you're, you're thinking, oh, okay, there's mm. more to, more to this than than the eye. But also, it does play on prejudices. I don't think we've mentioned this yet. Obviously, race is a huge yeah. factor of America at that time. You know, slavery was abolished, but there was still massive Racial racist divides. Yeah, so the 30s, big yeah. black guys just raped and killed two white girls. Yeah. yeah. So, so as an audience member, you're forced to, as the film, to think, right, okay, you know, it, you're almost put in the in the position of the people who've accused him and thought, right, mm-hmm. they've made an assumption based on how he looks, yeah. and therefore he's guilty. And so you're set up straight away with this kind of. Well, yeah. also he was found. <laughs> yeah, I mean there is that he was found with the two like, girls, like holding crying them, and holding, crying them. and so and saying it didn't look I wanted, great. I mean, and, <laughs> and also like shouting, saying I, I I wanted to take it back, but it was too late. Yeah, and yeah. So, yeah so, so it's not a great look. But also, I've just remembered in the very opening sequence, mm. even before they show like the the the. Yeah. You know, like what is obviously a police hunt for the, for these girls they show what is looks like a chain gang it's like a load of like african-american inmates seemingly all all working on the chain with yeah. the with the pickaxes and so on so it's of that time where 
it, it, it wasn't initially because they're wearing pl- prison clothing that's the assumption but and it obviously he comes in in inmates clothing in the chains and everything mm-hmm. it's, so. it's deep south isn't it we're in kind of Mississippi, georgia aren't we? georgia louisiana that kind of area isn't it so always had that that rotten view of society and the reg- racial kind of prejudice that they yeah. they've got around there so yeah that's the undercurrent all mm. the way through it um but it doesn't seem so with hanks you know, Hank seems a generally nice bloke, and he's never not played a, a generally nice bloke. Is he? Is he? Right, it doesn't matter even uh, if he hasn't. In this, he is because he just takes him at face value. Yeah, you, know, you treat me well, I'll treat you with That's respect. It. You know, it yeah. it's not. I think if you do a job like that, you know, it's going to be his his big thing because obviously this Percy's behaviour. Mm. So at one point for. Absolutely no reason. He just smashes the fingers of Dell, one of the other inmates, yeah. who's on the face of things quite a sweet old he's French American like the- Cajun French yeah, guy, from, yeah. and he just smashes his fingers that are like hanging out the cell and breaks three of his fingers. And and Hanks gives him a dressing down and just basically says, "Guys, look, we we want them calm. These guys are all fucking rapists and killers, and yeah. like, what we don't want to be doing is rattling their cages, literally, but mm. metaphorically as well." And Dell also has a mouse, which we should mention. Well, the mouse hasn't didn't doesn't come into. I thought the mouse was in it right from the get go, but the mouse no, introduces mm. himself. Oh, that's right. a little bit into the film. Right. But I think the first kind of thing worth mentioning beyond like now we've gone through the establishment part is the next bit of establishment is the process of the electrocutions because the the Native American guy is Arlen, who hasn't really featured prominently, but he's the first to get up and go. They have this old guy Tut, I think his name is. Who who's basically I don't know, I don't really know he's kind of like a janitor sort of yeah I think so. um, his name's Toot 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 like Toot there we go <laughs> like the three train fantastic and he what he does is he like they have to every day or whenever it is that like, periodically they have to go through the like the routine the rehearsal yeah. of the electrocution yeah. so he gets up he's going walk in the mile walk in the mile and then he walks to the chair and he's like sitting in the chair and they call the chair Old Sparky <laughs> and it's nice for these things to have nicknames yeah. so that they don't feel like left <laughs> out or anything. So you see the the process pretty sort of like carefully and closely, the wetting of the sponge, that might come into it a bit <laughs> later on. And they roll through it. And I think at this point, Percy's just joining in with the with the rehearsal, but he's taking a real keen interest in in how it all works. Isn't it just mad that is the best thing that they came up with? I mean, surely just a, sh- a just shot. shoot him straight in the head. <laughs> the and that's far firing more line. You know, 10 people, all Don't pointed. But yeah. I, I find that I found that do you know what this is the first time I actually watched the film right. I remember seeing it maybe years ago but this is right. the first time I'd sat down and properly seen it so I didn't really know what to expect yeah, but one of the first things that shocked me was like I can't believe they actually did that I yeah. can't believe they sat down and had a got an audience you know, in to audience. watch you know let's yeah. all sit down and- I thought that was actually as barbaric as the actual execution itself in yeah. a way you know yeah. and people sort of it seems it seems almost perverse. Yeah. Well, then you then you get into the whole sort of you know moral thing about you know is it right? Do that? Can you ever be one hundred percent sure? Like capital you're taking someone's everything. life. Can you but ever? Yeah, be there's sure? definitely yeah. even in those times. There's more humane ways of offering yeah. somebody yeah. and shooting them straight in the head is they, is one. May, of them. Maybe it was seen as a punishment and a deterrent as well. You know? Well, yeah, it was that kind of thing. So people would yeah. say. That is, you don't ever want to be doing anything that would put yeah. you in that place. So anyway, Arlen goes to the chair, takes it like a champ, and we see like all the lights dim and everything, mm. and that's kind of like the first kind of real sort of shocking part of the film. Because I, I remember watching it for the first time, knowing that Stephen King's name was attached to it, yeah. and just assuming at that point that Stephen King only did like 
horrible, yeah, it's gonna, something horrible, horrific is going to go down. Yeah, yeah. horrible horrors. Incredible, though, isn't it? That, yeah. This comes from the mind of Stephen King, who's already given so many books, films, ideas, the influence. Got of a stat for you. Horrors. Give me that stat. Well, more than 30 of his works have been turned into films. Wow. Wow. Jeez. That is prolific. Mm. And you know, the way he writes, he doesn't plan it at all. He just lets it come. He just lets it. So he'll, he'll start off with a sentence. Sometimes wow. sometimes he'll have a, a slight idea in his head or, you know, it, it, that's it. So he'll start off with a, with a sentence, paragraph, and off he goes. And then just freestyle. He, he doesn't know who's coming. He doesn't know the characters. Fuck. That's he doesn't, impressive. And he doesn't know and how it do, ends. Do you, know, he, you know, he's 666 years old as well. It's <laughs> fucking bizarre. Well, what, yeah. something I did know about, I never read the, the book of this, but what he deliberately did with this is yeah. he serialised it. Yeah, he didn't want people just going to the end. Because he said yeah. even his mum would like read books and just go straight to the end to read what happened at the end. So he just, maybe, you do that? Well, maybe his excuse was it was because of his mum, but maybe he hadn't thought of the end and that's why he just kept like serialising it. Well, that is, a, that is a criticism of Stephen King, is that his endings are poor. Oh, right. but I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to skip ahead, but uh, yeah, yeah, not in this case. I think we can well, say that. Yeah. So we're a man down on the green mile. So we need, to, we need a new inmate, and we get one. Yeah, and we get. And this was my first ever Sam Rockwell, Sam Rockwell, so good, like experience. Yeah. And I remember watching it the first time, like fucking hating this guy. Yeah. yeah. But thinking, what a good actor. Yeah. Like what a brilliant it performance. You, it makes you. You've got to try and forget about the hand and go, yeah. this guy's just an actor. <laughs> it, I don't know. If, it was was that... he a relative newcomer at this stage? What had he been in? Because he's obviously he, been in quite a lot since. But... He might have been in Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, but maybe that came after. I very, mean, his best film's soon. Galaxy Quest. We can all oh, agree on that. I haven't seen that, that yet. Oh, it's amazing. You want to see how good Sigourney Weaver looks in that? Um, anyway, but, he yeah. yeah, he's... So as irritating as Percy is, this guy... He's like, next level. He's next level, but from the prisoner aspects so yeah. you've got a fucking arsehole warden and you've got a dickhead well his introduction is good because they have to go and pick him up from the effectively the asylum you're dribbling because, yeah, yeah but he's been given a sort of a clean bill of mental health and he's actually fit to go and like yeah. sit in the chair for a cry i think he, there was sparky. a there was like a, a hold up and like he you know six people died or something like that so they go and pick him up and he's like catatonic, so he's naked. They have to dress him. He's dribbling everywhere. Mm. Percy's obviously realizes he can. There's a weakness there, so he can abuse him. So he does. And then as soon as they get into the mile, he just like snaps out of it because he's faking it. Sticks his chains around one of their necks, starts yeah. like strangling him, and he's like giving it all the yeehaws. Like this guy's a loose cannon. He's a maniac. Yeah. yeah. And there's a bit where Percy's got the cosh or whatever the fuck you call it, like the truncheon thing. Mm. And could whack him, but he's just like absolutely frozen with fear. Yeah, so he needs the big fella to come in and take him down. But yeah, by this time the 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 mouse has been introduced. He's just a little mouse that keeps running in and and kind of um, turns our French prisoner into like the Birdman of Alcatraz. Yeah. but he's the the, the mouse, yeah, mouse man. man. Well, yeah. the, the mouse keeps like outsmarting them, like going under doors, and then they yeah. can't find him on the other side and so on. But he ends up becoming adopted by Dell. What's his name, Mister Mister Jingles? Mister Jingles. Mr. Jangles. Yeah. yeah. One thing we haven't mentioned is Tom Hanks has a real load of bother taking a piss. Yeah, like razor blades. Yeah. Mm. He's got a urine retract infection. Ever had that? I don't no. know. You remember, I think, if you had yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, you're all cleaning bit of health there. No, I never yeah. had that, no. no you, you're the one that always has the trouble with the plumbing and stuff, aren't you? Well, so. yeah, but not, not in that kind not of that extreme, sense. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I was just interested because I know a friend of ours. A friend. Uh, yeah, yeah. Paolo. Uh, oh, yeah. Remember. <laughs> It's a brilliant story. This, this may be another pod. Another one. Yeah, that'll be another pod. So <laughs> that, th this has become sort of escalating as well. He's like waking up in the middle of the night and having to like 
go out in the garden and have like the most horrifically painful piss on his knees <laughs> and then like all, falling into the piss with relief afterwards and stuff. Yeah. But- and it's the kind of problem that ain't getting fixed in 1935. He's going to have to just suffer with that. So it is bloody horrible. You can see that it's causing him a great deal of pain. And as he goes about, and he, he runs a tight ship, but he's firm and fair. He, he tries to be fair to all the prisoners. Even Percy, he tries to give him every mm. kind of, you know, chance to to improve to learn he praises him when he can and and all the rest of it he wants to bring him in as part of the team but with with sam rockwell and percy there's always and and mr jangles Mm. there's always going to be fun isn't (laughs) it yeah so bill wild bill i can't remember what his name full name is sam rockwell's character will wharton the the, uh, Mm. william wharton the only way they can tame him is with the the threat of the the padded cell at the yeah. end of the corridor because I think he pisses on a one of the guards. He does the he moon pie thing where he does the moon pie. He, thing he guy, has yeah. a whole this moon pie thing and he just keeps it in his mouth. And is this is it Percy that he spits on? Or is no, it, is no, it Brutus? It's the big fella. Yeah, Brutus, it's or like he smashes smashes his cheeks together, doesn't he? And just yeah. gobs all this stuff all over his face. And yeah, you're, like, you're in there. You're in the hole for that one. Yeah. So we see that develop, and then eventually. Um, because uh, we, we've not mentioned John Coffey enough at this stage, but he, one day as Paul is is near his cell, he, he beckons him over. He knows that he's having trouble in the toilet department. So he pulls him over and effectively pins him to the to the cell. Grabs his dick. S- grabs his dick. Hmm. And you can see, like, Paul's trying to go for his gun, but this yeah. guy is so fucking and, physically yeah. strong. Doesn't allow him to get his gun. And you see the lights dim. Hmm. And the next thing... Paul falls to his knees and John Coffey sits back down on his bed and then kind of opens his mouth. And what I, at first I thought were like bees or something. Yeah, yeah. candy It's almost so. like ash. Yeah. Yeah. It just yeah. kind of like. Spells a, a black yeah, he's mass coughing and then all this mm. ash just comes out of his, mm. his mouth. Out of his mouth. And then, and then he gets awful tired. Which is the badness. Yeah. Because what he's just done, he's got special healing powers. And we always suspected that it, there might be more than meets the eye here and this big old friendly guy is is just taking the the pain from Mm. yeah it's just try to take a piss now you can't (laughs) hanks is hanks is 18 again he can't believe it you know everything's working he's bright as a button the missus goes out for a spin yeah it's it's just like a new day you know i mean you um, say you say he takes his job seriously but he fucks work off the next morning just so he can rattle his missus a load of times like pete we've all been been there i haven't so yeah, that's so. It's, that's the introduction so, to the special powers, and, and so now we we find out that Coffee's got these healing powers, and Hanks now is in this kind of moral dilemma because he's beginning to think this guy's not a killer. This guy is not yeah. a killer. This yeah. guy is not the droid we're looking for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, he he goes to see the the lawyer that that effectively I think it must have been the prosecution lawyer. I didn't. I didn't. No, he was he was defending John Coffey. Oh, okay, but he the, but he was adamant that the guy he's adamant yeah. John Coffey had, yeah, had done it. He was like, you know, and and I think there's another quote or a little bit later on. He, he he says, you know, back in those days, there's no appeal for for people like John Coffey yeah. in the system. You've just been caught doing this, or and a jury of your peers has yeah. found you guilty. There's no appeal. No. This, well, this is it. He he compares it yeah. to... So he brings his son in. Do you remember he brings his son? Right. And we see his son's been injured. Yeah. 
and he says essentially he compares John to a dog. He said you can trust him, but eventually you'll get bitten. Yeah. So again, that links back to sort of yeah. these prejudices that yeah. are around. Yeah. Just, I mean, and, it's an un- it's not even unfortunate. It's just a horrible kind of like yeah speech about how. Mm. People like John Coffey aren't trustworthy. You can like, he even says, you know, they don't really serve any purpose, but they're nice to have about kind of thing. So that's the prejudice that he would have been up against anyway, regardless and of whether he'd done it or not. Particularly chilling when they're telling that to a child, isn't it? Because well, in front that, of a that child. That kind yeah, of yeah. brings it up, him up to, to believe the same. And that's well, what exactly, my dad, you know, yeah, yeah. so. So do we do we move on now to the next execution? Yeah, well, the, the reason why this happens is because it's become apparent that Percy has been offered effectively another job in the i think the psychiatric hospital yeah which sounds like it's better pay better hours all of this they want rid of him they want rid of him so they're they're now finding out why is he hanging around Mm. in in death row when he could be taking this job and they come to the conclusion and then address it with him that it's because he wants to be out the front at an execution he basically wants to he wants to tick that box yeah he wants to look basically look in somewhere you can't see their eyes because they're under a hood but he wants to yeah fully get off on it Um, so they give him a bit more responsibility yeah. for... To and- get him out the door. It's almost like an agreed position. They'll say, look, let him do this one. Then he'll take the job mm. and we can get back to being the team we were before. And who came. was it? Delboy. So before the next execution, there's a scene where Percy... Percy's actually changed his demeanour a little bit because it's one, it's not making him any friends. Not that he wants to make friends, but he's, he's clearly an outsider. But also what he wants is what they want, which is for him to go up front, yeah. see an execution so that they can then get rid of him and he's like, tick that box and yeah. then he can move on. And he kind of like starts being a little bit more sort of, you know, not friendly, as, but most kind of like snidey bullies would yeah. be to get his own way. But he kind of drops his guard and he wanders a bit too close to Wild Bill's cell mm. who grabs him and like, start, and I think he's like, you know, he's like trying to stick his finger up his ass through his like trousers and yeah. everything. And he's like whispering horrible things in his ear about going to fuck him and that. And eventually he lets go, but he stumbles to the other side of the, of the, of the, the mile and you find out he's pissed himself. Yeah. And whilst no one only like the other inmates are a pit, like obviously Wild Bill is, but Dell's having a good laugh because he's been horrible to Dell yeah. the whole time. Yeah. So and Percy's like seeing Dell like laughing at him. He's not having it. And not long thereafter, Mr. Jingles has been taught tricks by Jangles. by Dell. It's Jingles. Jangles. Uh I'll go with Jangles. Okay, well I've got it written down here. Like it's it's, it's probably <laughs> it the Jangles. accent, Mr. Yeah. Jangles. Who who you think, Rube? I'm going Jangles. Well, it's, it's written here as I also jangles. have it written as jingles, but who Ooh. cares? Because okay. he gets well, he jangles. gets stomped. <laughs> he does get stomped. He's chasing this like cotton reel across the yeah. across the mile, and yeah, he gets stamped by Percy, who's like fucking horrible about it. And this is another one where we see John Coffey now resurrect. Yeah, the recently crushed mouse. Yeah, jingles, jangles, jingles. Yeah, Mr. Not jangles, Mister Bo Jangles. Yeah. So is it jingles or jangles? Is it's jingle jangle. Right. Yeah. yeah. We have Dell's execution. Which yeah. is not much fun. Which is not no, much is- fun because go back to that sponge, that wet sponge you said a little while ago, and we've got that the man key. in char- charge, Percy, who mm. who neglects to wet the sponge. Well, yeah, he's he's so, not satisfied with just having stomped the mouse. Now he's up front. He's got res- responsibility, but he knows what has to be done. The the sponge has to be wet. It conducts the to, electricity to do, through, to otherwise do the job you- efficiently. Otherwise, you get what we see, which is one of the most fucking brutal film kills of all time. So, yeah. so, how, so Rupert, in your first experience of this, how did you feel? Well, what I loved about it was that you know what's coming. Yeah. Because you see, you yeah. see the previous scene where they wet the sponge 
you see the whole process it's placed on the head the strap comes on you know job done this time obviously percy you see his eyes you see him think about it and obviously the sponge doesn't come in so as well as knowing what's going to happen you know the audience doesn't know what's going to happen yeah and the rest of them so that you've got this scene and the clock's ticking it's ticking it's ticking to the point where obviously at midnight whatever time it is it's going to happen roll on two yeah so sponge goes on the head dry we know that as an audience member they don't the clamp goes on the thing over his face comes down and then it, you see Tom Hanks's face and he slowly sees the floor. It's dry and he realizes the water's not on the sponge. Yeah. And within seconds to go, he says, well, he tries to stop it. Yeah. But at that point, roll on two. And it is fucking brutal. And to the point where they're thinking, we have to turn this off. So like, you can't stop it halfway through. We've got to go through no. with this now. And it, his eyes are on fire. Like the, the, oh, the he's hood smoking. over his eyes. He, he's burning up. They're basically absolutely horrific. It's so drawn out, this. I, d- yeah. I didn't remember. Um, obviously, the first time I would have watched it, it would fucking shock the life out of me. But yeah. even on the second or third watch, whatever this is, it is it, it, it's just go- it's so drawn out and protracted to the point where it's fuck. It is absolutely mm. horrifying. It's probably... Yeah what Stephen King is kind of synonymous for. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like gruesome fucking shit. But the audience can smell him and they're yeah. trying to escape yeah. and they're you're locked in. at home, can't and you? You can, you can imagine what it's like. Yeah, it's yeah. just all hair burning and everything. Oh, he's, I think they, you yeah. see him on a, on a gurney, like in a body bag or something, don't you? And then Percy's uh, there. His face is like completely melted. Yeah, yeah. Even Percy, you can see in Percy's like, face, it cut, mm. cuts a couple mm. of times to him and it's kind of gone from pleasure to like terror because he's, he's He realises he's gone too far. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's horrible. And that kind of, if ever. Well, don't they stick him, out, don't they stick him in the, in the padded cell for that? They, they yeah. do. But what, what happens straight after that is the warden guy, this, I forgot the guy's name. James Cromwell. James Cromwell. Oliver's Oliver. Brother. Oliver Cromwell. <laughs> so whilst we're talking about height here. He's a, he's six foot seven. Yeah, he's taller. So he's than, actually two inches taller than Michael Clark, Clark Duncan, yeah. oh, who's right. six foot five. And the other guy, David Morse, is six foot four and a half or whatever. Yeah. And Tom Hanks is six foot. They're like, these aren't like, little short people mm. but they've obviously done sort of you know camera trickery and yeah, clever angles and everything they dandarred um, his prison cell <laughs> they did they made all the furniture that's small. a really niche joke like yeah. that's <laughs> only people in jersey will get that just thinking of height are we are we thinking percy's got extreme small man syndrome because he does seem very very small compared Again, to the rest they, of these they probably i don't know what height the actor is but they've made mm. him He's, seem like very diminutive compared yeah. to everybody else but the warden comes down and addresses what just happened because he's saying it's going to take five years to get that smell out of it. <laughs> the audience were fucking horrified. People are being sick yeah, and stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. I would have. But what we haven't mentioned is at the same time is, is the warden's wife has effectively, she's been diagnosed with a brain tumour. Yeah. Uh, there's been x-rays and she is not long for what, this world. Sorry, the warden is Babes. Is, yeah, 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 yeah. Babe, yeah, 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 yeah. Babes, babes in the city. Yeah, yeah Oliver yeah. Cromwell, yeah. Yeah. So that's obviously part of it because he's they keep asking the warden especially tom hanks is asking the warden how his wife's getting on and saying oh it'll all be okay turns out one of the scenes is quite like upsetting where he's like like I, they they gave him the news i guess they probably did that back yeah. in those days yeah, they yeah. give the husband the news he's like i've got to tell my wife that she's gonna die um so, so anyway bring her up to the, this big black guy we've got we'll sort you out well yeah, yeah. So, th- so this <laughs> is this is where they and then he'll heal you <laughs> they hatch the plan yeah so this guy's got healing hands they know that percy's a piece of shit they know that so yeah. they throw percy in the in the padded cell mm. dress it up as like this is retribution for everything that you've done but they want him out of the way they drug wild bill yeah and put him in his cell 
and then they take John Coffey out to the to the warden's house in the dead of the night. Mm-hmm. Haven't explained this story to the warden, <laughs> which I think probably was a bit of an error because he comes out and sees them getting off. I think at first he thinks John Coffey is... is... Well, he, he's had to convince his, his mates there as well to do all this, isn't yeah. he? So yeah. he's... he's you know, well, this this, this is the part of the film which I was sort of kind of struggle with because I'm like, what was the reason? Why do they take such a risk? I, I, I can't I can't remember why they took such I, a risk. I, well, well, I, I can only I, assume well, there's the respect they got for Hanks and he said, look, this happened. Yeah. This really happened. You know, I was struggling here. He's fixed it. Mr. Well, Bojangles. They've seen him bring a, mi- a mouse back to life. Yeah, that the, helps. Right? So they know that this is, this is like genuine healing powers that he has. But also, by this time, Tom Hanks is fully convin- convinced that that John Coffey has not committed these murders yeah. mm. and yeah. all of the other guys are on board with that as well. I think well. they've they've had the conversation that's just I couldn't take it back, you know, I tried to help them but I couldn't take it yeah. back. He said, you know, they've And had they that. start to understand yeah. take it back was <clears throat> the poison, the death, yeah. the the pain. It was yeah. he's got this ability to to draw out pain or illness or virus yeah. or whatever it is yeah. from people and then expel it out of his mouth at great yeah. cost to himself physically. Mm. It makes him very tired, but that is what he tried to do. With the girls yeah, yeah. and that, he, it interpre- was too late. Him, him saying, I, "I can't take it back. I couldn't take it, it back." Too, it was too Obviously, late. misinterpreted yeah. as him having murdered them. Yeah, but just my point on that is like, they do they do they actually ask John if he's all right with it because he goes through such pain yeah. to heal people, and that's obviously a testament to his character because he's happy. Well, he he does it because he wants to do it. But yeah, I just it's remember basically that- his is so how they portray it for me is that they basically, he gets asked a lot of questions that he doesn't know the answer to. And they effectively, I guess, portray him as a very simple guy, mm. right? But he has this like unbelievable power and he can't explain it, but he feels the pain. But he also, it's not just when he's doing the healing, when Dell's getting like burnt to death, like slowly, he's in his cell and it's, he's around, mirroring yeah. all of the, like the, yeah. you know, the dramatic kind of movements that Dell's making. So, I think he it kind of suggests, and it says it a little bit later, that he feels all of the pain of the world. Mm-hmm. That he, but he wants to help. He's yeah. almost like a, a guardian angel, and he wants to help these people. So that's why he's on board with it. I agree with your like what you're saying there. That you know, in in the in the context of say reality, that's a big sell to like the the rest of the inmates. It'd be like, well, yeah, I know this guy's good, but what like, but like boost him out of the jail. I mean, they could have just let him go, but I guess that would have like he's pretty recognisable on the road or whatever. But anyway, it does happen. I guess. I guess if you if you can get on board with the healing thing, you can get on board with this like little. (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll let it slide. Yeah, we'll we'll go. And he he goes to the The warden's house, and the wife meets her. Yeah, I'd I'd misremembered this. I thought it was going to be like a bit of a like an exorcist scene where she's like like this massive guy comes in the room and yeah. she's like, oh, fucking get away from me. And I, like, but straight away, she almost, even though she's fucked, like, she physically fucked, she just almost like senses and like, she calms down straight away. He sits on the bed and he, and he, like she asks him his name and everything. And he says it again, like John Coffey, like the drink, but spelt different. And then she, he, he basically gets off with her. He goes straight in for the Frenchie, yeah. which is quite hot. Yeah, I mean, even if it, it'd be funny if it hadn't worked. Well, the, ward- <laughs> the, the warden here at this stage is kind of, yeah, the, you know, he's, he's like, going on. Yeah. He's fantasized like, sure, about this. Are you sure? Yeah. He's like, I oh, watched the DVD like yeah. this actually. But. So he in thirty five, but but, but coffee works his magic. He, he takes, does it. He, he does it again. It back, yeah. But this time, what's distinctive 
is is he's almost like fighting to to swallow the the badness and you're mm. wondering why that is and and i don't know if they say he's done it for a reason but anyway we find out what the what the reason is and so the wife is fine basically immediately and the warden's overjoyed and you start thinking now this is when you're like getting towards the home straight oh this fucking amazing redemptive story yeah mm, he's gonna, gonna be, be okay. fine and they're all gonna move into one big house together <laughs> yeah. and like the girls will get resurrected <laughs> and, the, and the kid will get his eye back and yeah. it's gonna be a nice happy ending yeah but um, he 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 has internalized that evil or whatever yeah. it is he's got the, the power that we didn't know about where he can actually then transmute that so yeah. if you like spreader. To, and he, he they he passes it on to Percy, which yeah. sends him do Lally. Yeah. So Percy. So he goes to the asylum, but not as a as a right. But it's it's really important this. But they give he he grabs Percy, obviously gobs all the the bad yeah. stuff into his mouth. Yeah. They're trying to stop him doing it, but they can't. Again, he's too physically strong. And then what happens is Percy wanders up the corridor, and just gets outside Wild Bill's cell. He's get, he's going on one of his like tirades, lots of effing and jeffing and stuff, and Percy just guns him down. And whilst he's doing that, John Coffey's saying he's a bad man, he's a bad mm. man, because there's a point earlier in the film where where while Bill grabs John Coffey as he's going past, and you you don't know what he can see, but he's he has a moment there, like some more light he bulbs kind of smash reads and stuff. He's he done it, and so what Coffey then does is grab Tom Hanks and says, "You need to see this." He like holds his hand out. And he effectively gives him the vision that he saw, which is you find out that it was Wild Bill did the painting girls. at this house. There was the two girls. It's a fucking sinister. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You don't see the actual like like murder or anything no, no, like that he, itself, but you see it where he gets the two girls in the room and he yeah. says to one, if you're not quiet, I'll kill your sister. And if you're not quiet, I'll kill your sister. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah. You, you fill in the blanks yeah. yourself. So that I guess draws a it kind of like ties a nice but bow around Wild Bill together. and with Percy. Percy goes to the asylum, ironically as it. But a, we don't get our happy ending in that regard, do we? Because the wheels of justice are not stopping to turn, he's, even in the wrong direction. He's now tired. You know, he's tired of it all. Yeah, he is. to the extent where he's like, no, it's okay. You know, I I want this. He's, yeah, I want he's to go. almost being called yeah. back. So he's there. saying. You know, I want that fucking execution. It's like, oh man, which, come on. Which happens the execution? Well, it, well, beforehand he says, but you know, I, I just have all this misery. I feel everyone's pain. I just want to see something good. Can I watch just before I go? I want to watch a film, yeah. and that's Top Hat, which yeah. is what Tom Hanks was crying out at yeah. the start of the film. So interesting fact is that this film, I think, in the book is set in 1932, mm-hmm. but for the film they brought it forward to 1935 because Top Hat had been released by then. Uh, I believe okay. I might be wrong, but I think that's why they changed the year from the book to the film. Yeah, what Stephen King was going. I actually wrote it just right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there's an important sort of banale moment where Tom Hanks, then back to elderly Tom Hanks, we cut back to you know he's told the whole story now of John Coffey. Well, we've not the execution. Well, he's just dead, just like brushed over. He's dead. So uh, Jesus, yeah. Well, I know as a West Ham fan, I don't want to talk about it. Why you think like that? I don't. I don't want to talk about it too much because very emotional. 
Yeah, but the, I think mm. that, that there is one poignant part of it where he asks to not have the hood. He's scared of the dark, yeah. Because he's scared of the dark. And so that, you have to watch someone's that, face that melt just made again. That double down on the absolute <laughs> blubbing that I was experiencing the first time watching this. Yeah. So yeah, then we get, so Tom Hanks has told the story. We've got all the backstory. But then it's like the mouse obviously reappears, Mr. Bojangle Jingle Jangles, who is now something like a thousand years old <laughs> yeah. in mouse years. Yeah. But he, and if he hears something like 80. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. And he's like and thanks it comes himself. in here every now and again you know yeah so tom hanks while still being elderly still has a fucking shitload of years left to go yeah. if the mouse has got and he's like that's my curse you know I've yeah got so to- it transpires that that paul is now 106 yeah not looking 106 he's going off for walks every day he's still got all his faculties and everything mm. and he questions whether or not this is his curse he mm, because yeah. he effectively let an innocent man go to the chair knowing mm. he was innocent and he's outlived all of his loved ones. Yeah. There's even like a, an extra little like gut punch <laughs> that he sees his mate Elaine from the old folks' home. He's at her funeral as well. Yeah. And I guess that's the, how many more funerals is he going to have to yeah. you know, he, be at? He's kind of absorbed coffee's curse, which is coffee. He absorbed yeah, the pain yeah, yeah. and then he's got carrying on the mantle. Yeah. I'll be honest, I, don't, I, I thought the ending, I could have turned it off 10 minutes before, I think. Right. Yeah, just just didn't go. Really. Just my opinion. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I just think, but the rest of the film did it carry enough weight with you that you could enjoy even with with the the kind of Game of Thrones ending? It was on. It was one of the best films. I I yeah. can't believe I'd, I'd not seen it. It was it was brilliant. Loved it was it. a little, At first, a little bit thought, emotional. A little bit emotional. There. Yeah, and I'm particularly so. So going back to when when they killed John Coffey and you see Tom Hanks and the rest of the, oh. the rest of the guards. Yeah. What, no, what, what's on, more, it's still too early for me. There's, <laughs> there's nothing sadder than knowing someone's been wrongfully yeah, yeah. convicted. Yeah. His name was not cleared because at the end there were still people in the courtroom. Yeah, the yeah. parents yeah. of the kids were screaming, saying he's a monster. Da, da, yeah, da. Yeah. And the fact that the prison guards had to remain professional, and even just as they're going to say, you know, roll on two, you see Paul. He's holding on, and he thinks Somebody. And you think at this moment, could he back out and yeah. say, no, this man needs to live. Yeah, yeah, he execute, and that's just heartbreaking. It's compounded by the fact. I mean, he saved that woman's life. Like he's, he's, you know, taken her brain tumor away. God knows how many of these like yeah, miracles he's he performed. Saved, yeah. He's like made Tom Hanks's willy work again as well. Yeah. Which, which Thank is God. Brilliant. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. So we mentioned before, over thirty of Stephen King's works have been adapted into movies. This is the only one that broke the hundred million dollar mark at the box office really until it yeah until um, 2017 until it. So, okay so he's had a couple what how um, in the in the number of films where where did this is the five 20th for the fifth one i, I don't know no. <laughs> i don't know it'd, I don't be, know inter- it'd be interesting just, in chronological order yeah to see how how many he'd had before this one. Oh, but, good um, whack yeah fair few my, my because I, i've always avoided horror right but i'm aware there's probably a load. I want to say things like misery or is yeah, that, misery, shining. Right. Okay, Need shining, obviously. Things. And obviously, like you, you guys know that I avoided shining for for years, not because I thought it'd be shit, but because I didn't want to fucking piss the bed that night, yeah. right? But this, I think, if I recall rightly, or certainly how I felt, this was where he kind of like broke into the mainstream as a film where all audiences got something from it even though yeah there are horror elements in it stand, definitely stand by me is him as well we all know that's guy. okay yeah yeah stand by me is a great film so average um but this this seemed to kind of really like break through and hit a much wider audience than ever, which obviously oh, those, those Shawshank before this as well is that him as well yeah. mm. he's unbelievable he's prolific right. he's right with a quill in his hand isn't <laughs> yeah, he? yeah he's, yeah, decent, yeah. he's yeah. decent so this budget was 60 million for this that's i tell you what that is a bargain in it 
for this, if you say of all the films that you've watched and money you know that's been spent on films, you say a film like this, 60 million. And when you think the this set, is, uh, I think they built a prison. Yeah, it's pretty bankable, like Tom Hanks, you know, yeah. Stephen King, Frank Darabont. It's like a lot of the building blocks from Shawshank came into this. Yeah. So we know, I've already given the game away that it made more than 100, but how much do you think? Do you know what? I actually know this because I, I saw it on Wikipedia. Oh, so I won't, I won't give it away. four. <laughs> No, I reckon this is double hundred. 287 mil. Wow. And probably plus more than that on home rentals. Yeah, okay. Just just quickly going back to the budget, it's actually, the whole film is pretty much all in one scene. Yeah. Obviously, there's some scenes at Paul's house. It it could have been a play, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It could have been on stage just... And, you, and you're captivated the whole time, yeah. despite it taking place in essentially one corridor. Considering, or again, with, for your first viewing, this is a three-hour film. Mm. Did... I mean, I watched it again today. I had it on in the back. I've, I've seen it before, so I had it on the background whilst mm. I was working in inverted commas. But it didn't drag this time round either. And even as a first, it's captivating, isn't it? Well, first I thought three-hour film. Cheers for the homework. <laughs> but I just didn't want to take my eyes away. Yeah. You know, just even an hour in, I was thinking, I hope this. Yes, even after an hour, you're still in the kind of setup. It, yeah. it does not that it drags, but it's it's you're yeah you're captivated. It's patient. It takes Del, its time. Yeah. yeah, Dell's execution is like halfway through the film. And there's been a lot going on before that. And still it's recovering still, from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is... That's yeah, it's, a, a, it's a real big... big. Mm. And we've we've got Chris, a researcher, in tonight for us who let me know that the height of Percy is 1 meter 68. Well, that so is short. He's not a, a tall man. And this was the 46th film, I believe, of... Really? Um, Holy of, moly. Of the man's... Uh, yeah, Steve. Carrie would have been number one. And then... Was it's it? gotten to 46. 46. Okay, that's, that's good that's research. Insane. Wow. Yeah. Still, however, cannot forgive Michael Clark Duncan for the slamming salmon, which is the worst thing oh, I've ever seen. Oh, I forgot. Still, yeah, that was yeah. shocking. And he, he's he's no longer with us to defend himself. I know, so he's going to have to take that to the grave. Back <laughs> 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 <laughs>